Time for the Global Threat uh, Report, ladies and gentlemen. Global Threat Solutions, a 100% military veteran-owned security investigations firm. Global headquarters are right here on Long Island in Suffolk County. That's right, offices as well in the city, Miami, L.A., Frankfurt, Mumbai, overseas. The fine captain CEO, Ken Bombay, 21 years of law enforcement intelligence experience, serving as a military intelligence officer uh, in the Middle East. And the company offers so much. Check it out on the website. GlobalThreatSolutions.com for peace of mind in uncertain times. Again, go to that site, GlobalThreatSolutions.com. You can make a phone call, 646-946-6649. The aforementioned Captain Ken Bombay. Sir, great to have you. How are you on this Wednesday? Good morning, Jay. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Excellent, my friend. Let's get into uh, a couple of things. I tell you, a lot is happening. Why don't we start in Ukraine, uh, where you had a helicopter crash killed 16 including the interior minister there captain what do we know about this so there was a helicopter crash that right near a kindergarten in kiev and there was they're saying now the total number dead is uh 18 or even more but nine of those were on the helicopter and unfortunately it hit this uh right next to this kindergarten and at least three of those victims from this crash were children and uh, of, of what's of note of this crash, in addition to the to the loss of life, is that they had their interior minister, Denis Monastersky, who was on this helicopter. Jay, what's strange about this is that since the very beginning of this conflict, when Russia had their troops right in the outskirts of Kiev, and Kiev was in the crosshairs of the Russian military, this is the first senior official that Ukraine has uh, has lost in this conflict. And they're not even sure exactly why. This could just be an aviation crash. So it's, uh, it was, you know, it's devastating to the Ukrainian government, but it's amazing they've gone this far. When they had teams out there whose only job was to hunt down the, the President um, Zelensky, it's amazing that they've, at this point, this is the first senior official to have lost their life in this conflict. Uh, Zelensky called it a terrible tragedy, also ordering officials to really find out all the circumstances of this this incident, Cap. I'll tell you, you know, I was looking at some of the numbers here. Uh, since this uh, war began last February, hard to believe we're going to be a year coming to play next month. Um, 9,000 civilians, 450-plus children have been killed. Uh, since the invasion began back on February the 24th. Uh, it is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, again, you and I talk about an endgame. Who knows? Circumstances beyond this cramp. Listen, it it looks a little fishy to me with this crash. It looks a little fishy to me. Um, but we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, you got an aid package coming to Ukraine again. An additional one, White House pretty much stating uh, it could be another one. You know, uh, how much uh, how much has been spent already on this on this war? I mean, it's, you know, we're talking $20 billion plus right now, right? Um, and that'll be announced as soon as uh, the end of this week. you got training going on in this country uh, for some of the new uh, artillery that will be sent to Ukraine. So, you know, there's a lot going on, and it doesn't seem to be any negotiation of a ceasefire. So that's where we're at right now, right? Yeah. So that, that's right. And, and right now, not only is there no active negotiations that we're hearing about anyway, but 
Putin is moving to bring Russian forces up to 1.5 million uh, because he says this is a proxy war with the West and we need more soldiers on the ground. Um, at the same time, the U.S. is, uh, we have now, I think, 100 Ukrainians who are training at a U.S. Army base in the United States to use the Patriot missile system. We're also sending Bradley fighting vehicles over there in the latest uh, aid package that we're sending there. And speaking about aid packages, Zelensky and other Eastern European countries and Europe, European countries, they're asking for the, they're saying the West has to step up aid. It's the only way that, that Ukraine is going to be able to defeat Russia and push them out of their country. This is a critical point. But as the question you asked earlier, I mean, the numbers I'm, I'm reading within the last month is that we've given $68 billion in aid to Ukraine and that White House it was requesting tens of billions more. Some of these, if you add up all the numbers with what they've requested and what we've given, brings us over $100 billion. And as you know, for the first time, this has become a real sticking point with the new Republican-led Congress. I'm not sure they're getting this money or, or, or much more at all. We've given so much money at this point. So it's, we're going to see what happens with this new Congress. Um, so much money has been given. And I think one of the pro I, I do understand the importance of this conflict, and I understand that the importance of Ukraine defeating Russia and pushing it out of their country because it has such more widespread implications. But at the same time, the rest of NATO, the rest of Europe, where is everyone else? If you look at the donations to support Ukraine, the aid packages, no one is even close, Jay. If you add them all up, they're not even close. So that's what I think we need here is a little equity. NATO needs to step up, especially with them being in, main, in mainland Europe where they're, they're so uh, much more vulnerable than the U.S. is. And I think we're going to see some pushback from Congress on that. Listen, uh, we know the importance of it all to supply Ukraine. I understand that. But where are we at with a negotiation, uh, a discussion as far as, you know, uh, with Putin? You know, from leaders of the West, this president, uh, you know, we don't hear a lot of that. And that's why, you know, you look at an endgame here, you don't see anything in sight. Very disturbing. And meanwhile, the war crimes keep on amounting, which is the most disturbing part of this whole thing to me. You know, when missiles are going into maternity wards, when you're knocking out a nuclear grid, uh, when you're cutting off the heat, the electricity of many in the dead of winter over there, I mean, that is a problem. And I don't see an end. And that's the most frustrating part of this whole thing, Captain. Yeah, I mean... Now, another incident that took place right before we saw this helicopter crash is an apartment building in uh, Dnipro where Russia has targeted, Zelensky says intentionally, and now there's at least 45 people dead in that apartment building, and they're still looking for more than like 19 missing. And he, he vows that there will be war crime tribunals over this. And that's a big question right now. If there's going to be negotiations, um, is anyone going to be held responsible? I mean, we know this is a conflict, but beyond... A military conflict there are widespread allegations of war crimes by by russia who is that going to be part of negotiations where they just waive any war crimes tribunals i don't think that could happen so we're going to see it that's i think a sticking point probably in negotiations i wish there were some traction with it and that you know we have two sides that obviously i think putin's trying to save face at this point because his his military progress has been drastically um 
diminished from when he first launched this campaign. And and at the same time, we have Zelensky who does not want to give up one inch of Ukraine. And I agree with him. Unfortunately, I'm not sure. I think that might be a non-starter for any negotiations. I think at least, um, you know, the eastern Ukraine, the part that Russia was controlling prior to the conflict, I think has to at least be on the table, at least for negotiations over the next few years, if this thing's going to move forward at all. And I'm not sure he's willing to do that. No question. The captain with us, Kim Bombay. Uh, we are talking global threat, the global threat report. You know, it's not getting a lot of attention. But the president was on the phone earlier in the week, Cap, with the Brazilian president, uh, Lula da Silva. It was a day after the uh, the mob backing, I guess, his defeated predecessor, Jairbal Solonero, stormed government buildings uh, in Brasilia. And Biden, we know, you know, listen, he was in Mexico uh, for the summit, invited Lula to visit Washington next month. You know, for, uh, I guess, consultations, uh, a wide-ranging type of agenda, I would think. But, you know, he has conveyed, Biden has, Joe Biden has the, you know, the unwavering support uh, for the U.S. for the democracy regarding Brazil. You know, the free will of the people expressed in that uh, presidential election in which Lula had won. I'm just wondering here. You know, with all that's going on then there, who and everything else, uh, you know, I mean, where are we at? You know, Cuba, Venezuela, are we showing any kind of vulnerability regarding China and Russia with all this going on in Brazil? What do you think here? Um, I I would say there's always a vulnerability vulnerability that we have to... um keep an eye on we my my company we did we were providing pretty extensive armed um security for our clients down in brazil during the the election because of this they anticipated this type of reaction to this election so i think we need to obviously keep an eye on that and i think that uh in reference like venezuela and cuba i mean i think it's got to be the way it's always been with american diplomacy and we got to condemn those types of governments any government that doesn't you know extend freedom to their people we have to condemn and we also have to be this on the side of democracy i think it's pretty simple and uh, i don't think all presidents have done that with the same uh, uh energy that they should but i think that po- the policy regarding those has to be uh the same it's and also i would say that you know when we have countries like you said china um watching north korea these countries are watching right now I think that we have to be very strong when it comes to countries like uh, um, like Cuba and Venezuela to condemn them and not be going down to backpedal and make deals for oil just because it benefits us right now. Those countries cannot, we cannot be working with, with um, countries' leadership where they're not extending freedom to the people. I mean, that's something we've done for the, uh, the existence of our country. I don't think that that could stop question about it but uh we shall see certainly you know you think if you knew ahead of time and then the cia knew something here uh you know it could it could have been a very dicey time as far as that election uh it makes you ponder somewhat as far as what's going on down there so uh something to keep in mind here the captain with us ken bombay's global threat report let's let's get into a little bit of the border stuff i know that uh, some of the senior Republicans in the House are preparing to hold the hearings. You and I have 
spoken about the goings-on of the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Um, rare a member of the cabinet to be even considered that of impeachment here. But, man, I'll tell you, we've said it all along. I've said it. Uh, if ever an impeachment to be in play, it's this guy. He has lied to many an official in Washington. Cap, you know it. Uh, he is not telling the truth what's going on at that southern border. He is just not. And meanwhile, people are dying, dying every day. I mean, the latest one, if that doesn't rankle you, the, the cartels are now coming into this country. And what happened in California the other day, wiping out a family, young family, mother and a six-month-old, shot in the head. Two people captured more, you know, I mean, more individuals on the loose here. Getting back to Mayorkas, though, uh, you know, it could happen. So they're forming, and, you know, some of the awarded seats have drawn the, the ire of several Democrats. Uh, but we'll see what happens here. But in essence, it's a very, very real real, real thought regarding Alejandro Mayorkas and impeachment. Yeah. I think finally we're going to see some action as far as at least an investigation on what's happened with the crisis on the border. My orcas is someone who it seems sold his soul to the devil. You know, he was given his position, but clearly with the understanding that he's going to toe the line. We have a strategy. We're going to ignore all the outrage. We're going to let in as many people as we possibly can over the next few years. I think it's hard to ignore that that's what's going on, that for them to sit there every single day in the press conferences at the White House. They are being attacked over this for, for two years. You know, and, and it's a stark difference. They like to say we inherited a broken system. They didn't inherit a broken system. This was overnight the changes that went in, pl- in place on the border. Overnight when the Biden administration took over. This is policies they put in place. This is a lack of action, a lack of resources and support for the Border Patrol. This is intentional. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation as to why, which is obviously they're letting in millions of people. You know, they're changing the demographic. These are people that at the same time, they have a a strategy to try and uh, allow people to have citizenship. There's a whole other strategy in place to uh, request to require no ID to vote in this country. I mean, anyone could see this, I think, from outside. There's a strategy and it's political. My orcas signed on for it. And I think he should be investigated at this point. I, I think that even I, I've mentioned this before, Jay, it, it seems like President Biden was like a um, disposable president. They're like, we're, we're going to put him in place. The powers to be. He was doing horrible in the primaries. We're going to put him in power. He's going to enable these these progressives in Congress to, to put uh, policies in place that they've wanted for so long because he traditionally has not been a far-left progressive. He was moderate. And he's just, he, he like Mayorkas, it seems, has sold the soul to the devil, where he's allowing all these far-left progressive policies to take place, no matter what. He's getting attacked every day in the border. He just pushes forward. He ignores it. He, he will ignore that topic. And I've said this before, too. Uh, President Obama, you may not agree with his policies. He would never let this happen to his legacy. He would never allow this this to happen on the border and just sit around and ignore it every single day but biden he he signed a deal when he became president and he's sticking to it and i think now finally with a uh, a 
change in the leadership in Congress. You might see some investigations into why this has been allowed to happen on the border with the threat of terrorism, crime, fentanyl, so many other things. I think they, we, need, uh, we need answers, Jay. Answers, and who knows? You're right. You know, somebody's calling the shots for this guy, whether it be Ron Klain, Susan Rice, or for that matter, Barack Obama. And in, in some cases, just a theory, but it's just completely out of whack here. The Captain Ken Bombay's global threat. All right, let's get into a couple of the cases, uh, Cap, before we call it. That's uh, Walsh, for one. He's charged with murdering his wife. They'll be in court today and expected to be arraigned. Charged with murder uh, yesterday, officially, of his wife, Anna, uh, the mother of three, the real estate manager. The case has captured a lot of attention since uh, she was reported missing. Uh, right at the start of the year, remember, she was going to take a flight to Washington out of uh, Logan Airport in Boston. Uh, this guy has told police he last saw his wife the morning of New Year's Day when she left for that trip. A um, lot of uh, lot of uncovered pieces of potential evidence leaking him uh, to this alleged crime. Three kids involved here now in the custody, I think, of the... Department of Children and Families in the state of Massachusetts there. So there are a ton of questions here. This guy looks very defiant uh, as far as, uh, you know, things involved here. There's a lot of theories going around about dismemberment, the body, and everything else. Just a horrific case uh, in general. And uh, and trying to piecemeal everything here, right? Yeah. So what we have is uh, finally now, yesterday, they charged him with murder and disposing of a body, which leads us obviously to believe that there's even additional evidence that they have, and which might come out today because he's going to be arraigned today. And, uh, Jay, this, this guy has made this investigation very easy for police. If you look at all of the mistakes he's made, he, he, first of all, he never called, or just suspicious activity, he never called the police until the employer called the police. Um, he said he, she took a ride share to the airport that morning. There's no record of that at all. He Googled how to dispose of, not just how to dispose of a body, how to dispose of a 115-pound body. That's going to be very damning in court. Uh, he left a bloody knife at the residence. He lied about being at Home Depot where he bought over $400 in cleaning supplies. This was a guy who is reacting to a violent act he committed, and it's completely disorganized. And uh, he's bad news, quite frankly, Jay. He was under federal investigation for art fraud. He allegedly had no contact with his son and family. He tried to take money from the father's estate. And uh, during that fight with the family estate, family members made allegations that he was diagnosed as a sociopath, which would make a lot of sense to me, seeing what we've read. And, uh, you know, one question I have with everything you see that has occurred in this case is, this woman was very attractive and, and very successful, too. How the hell did she end up with this guy in the first place? He seems like he was a, a loser from the very beginning and nothing going for him. It seems like an odd uh, couple. Even to the point, Cap, where she wanted her mother uh, to visit her. You knew that something was awry, you know, even before the holidays, you know. Uh, I agree with you. Can't figure out the match between him and uh, and Anna. I cannot figure it out. I mean, this guy is an absolute loser. Uh, so uh, getting his just desserts and hopefully an arraignment today. So we'll keep uh, keep an eye on this. Right now they, they're trying to piecemeal, trying to find where Anna is, wherever she is. 
Um, that is the key right now. So we'll keep an eye on that. Finally, in Idaho, I guess there's a report that came out yesterday that Koberger uh, allegedly DN messaged one of the victims, and I'm not saying who, a possibility, and it kind of emphasizes the stalking aspect of this whole thing. You know, the targeted and everything else, the murders. By the way, great 2020 piece I brought up. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, ABC Friday actually saw it Saturday. But in essence, it really depicted everything involved, timeline, uh, the evidence, which is mounting. You know, it's interesting. I was watching one of the shows last night, one of the leading attorneys, very high-profile attorney, Mark Garagos, you know, uh, has been very vocal saying, you know what, Uh, be careful here. Be careful, because we don't know enough more will come out. It's tough if you're going to pinpoint Kohlberger, what he was trying to say. you got to be careful. You know, other people have said, guess what, it's all circumstantial stuff as far as the evidence. Be careful with that old thing. Uh, but, um, you know, listen, I, I guess you just kind of have to play it out very cautiously. You have a wavering here of a speedy trial that Kohlberger enacted last week. You're not going to get a plea involved here, Cap, I think, until June. It's going to be a very slow go here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I would tell you that it's interesting, this case, Jay, because, you know, it was taking so long, right, it, for for America. It didn't take that long, but it took long uh, for America. You know, that our society wants instant. We want to know information as the police get it, and that's simply not realistic. It's not how investigations work. But uh, there was a former FBI investigator, Bill Daly. He made a statement, and he said that this guy actually made every mistake you can make. He was connected to the vehicle. He left his DNA. He left the sheet to the murder weapon. A witness saw him. He didn't eliminate that witness. He, he killed more victims than he thought possibly. Um, he stalked them, and there's evidence of that on his phone. So there was a lot of mistakes made, and you wouldn't have believed that when we were covering this in the beginning because everyone was saying, oh, they don't have a suspect there's no evidence they were afraid that there was a serial killer on the loose in the the college area but it turns out that they did they were building a case but it has to be done the right way and you have to keep information close to the vest you cannot release it just to appease the public who wants information in real time and it seems to me they have a pretty strong case right now um goes to show you even in compared to the walsh case who is a complete disaster he made he he really made every mistake that you could possibly make this is a criminal justice phd who thought he was doing everything right and he left a ton of uh of evidence behind as he committed these crimes so i I think we're obviously going to see a conviction that's how i feel um but like you said they got to cross the t's dot the i's and it's going to take time is getting crucified because you know she's the one who supposedly confronted this guy at around 4.30 in the morning on that 13th day of November. Frozen, went back to her room, you know, went went into the one of the rooms uh, where, where she heard something, then all of a sudden, you know, nothing, nobody was there, and then all of a sudden she opens the door for a third time. He's there, leaves through the sliding glass, uh, stunned, apparently went back in the room. Police weren't called till uh, 12 noon that day. Remember, everything took place between 4, 4.25 of that morning, uh, on Sunday, this, uh, this girl is just getting crucified. It's Dylan Mortensen, who's known as DM in these reports. Um, and uh, quite frankly, a lot of people are wondering why. Why did it take eight hours? You know, it's it's hard to put yourself in a position unless you're actually there. 
of thinking that way. You know, unless you're actually there, it's easy to say, you know, hey, should have called police right then and there. Why didn't you? Yeah. Why didn't you? If you did you? Why didn't you open the door to see if everybody was all right in those rooms? You know, there's a lot of questions here. Very, very tough to put yourself in a position if you weren't there, though. That's right. You know, this is young kids living in a house together. There was probably drinking going on that night. It's late. I, I am confident she didn't think that there was four murdered people upstairs when she saw that guy walk out. So she heard some yelling up there. Maybe she thought that this was a uh, like some kind of a domestic going on up there, and she saw him walk out. Maybe she was scared. That's why she stayed in the room, because she did see the guy walk out. But I have a hard time believing there was malintent. Like, and and another thing, Jay. Yes, it would have been it would have been ideal if she would have immediately discovered this and called the police. But quite frankly, I don't think it would have made a difference. I think when she saw him, those people were dead, and there was no bringing them back at that point. So I'm not sure it would have made a difference, other than police would have been notified quicker. Maybe they could have um, they could have had a better chance of of finding him, but probably not. Um, people are always going to Monday morning quarterback. This is a young kid. I don't think she meant to do anything wrong. Uh, it's very hard to sit here and speculate why she did. And I, ultimately, the outcome, I don't think there would have been any difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so uh, investigations uh, keep on going, and obviously more evidence will be collected as far as getting to uh, at least a, another court proceeding. Uh, in this uh, situation, very tough situation. Uh, the Global Threat Report, ladies and gentlemen, the captain, Kim Bombay, for peace of mind in uncertain times. Uh, please uh, go to that website. It's a great website, uh, globalthreatsolutions.com. You can make a phone call, 646-946-6649. Sir, well done. A lot on the plate. Until next time, we look forward to it. How's that? <laughs> 